Hello and welcome to the official Ideas for Us podcast. Join us on a journey to discover solutions to Earth's most pressing environmental issues by learning from experts and professionals advancing our sustainable future. In today's episode, Ideas for Us Executive Director Clayton Lewis Ferrara sits down with the team from Jacobs to discuss workplace sustainability practices, the future of environmentally conscious engineering, and much more. You can email us at contact.ideasforus.org with your comments, feedback, and questions. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the links in the show notes. Support this podcast and our environmental action projects by donating or becoming a member at ideasforus.org slash memberships. Hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hi everyone. This is Clayton Lewis Ferrara. I'm the executive director of Ideas for Us. It is a pleasure to be here again on the Ideas podcast. Today we have a really exciting discussion with one of our corporate social responsibility members, Jacobs. So today we're going to learn a little bit about who they are, uh, what their team members do there, and why sustainability is so important moving into the 21st century for a company like Jacobs. So first of all, I just want to say welcome to everybody. Um, so thank you all for being here. Uh, we have Madeline Almodovar, Dan Kirby, and Amber Salcedo. So thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you. Cool. So uh, let's start out a little bit. Um, let's go around and let us know what it is that you do uh, for Jacobs and why is sustainability important to you? This is something that um, you know we, we've spoken about before, but I'd love to hear it in your own words. Well, I'm Amber Salcedo. I am in the mechanical engineering department, and I've been with Jacobs for almost two years. And sustainability is important to me because, to me, I believe that we didn't inherit this earth. We are borrowing it from our children, our grandchildren, and all of our actions have a ripple effect. So the effects of my actions, I want those to be positive. Thanks. Dan Kirby, I'm a principal with Jacobs and work as part of what we call our people in places uh, group. And we are all about um, cities and places and buildings and how we make them better. Uh, personally, I come to this work, I'm an architect and urban planner, right? So my focus is all on um, creating spaces for people to thrive in. And you can't get there without creating truly sustainable places over the long term, um, you know, it's just been a over the course of my career a real change in this outlook on sustainability. You know, so okay, I'm a Gen Xer, right? So coming into this, I spent ten years as a utilities commissioner. So where we moved a electric and water utility from um, this focus on selling watts for dollars to being really focused on how we as a municipally owned utility could be a champion of sustainability and how we could push forward using renewables. Sure. Um, you know, beyond that, you know, as, as Amber stated, you know, caring about future generations and being about that in terms of allowing us to succeed and to, to thrive. I was going back part of um, um, the Mayor of Orlando's first sustainability 
uh, work group. You know, so that's been something that's really come and emerged as a critical part of my career and a and a, and a huge part of being um, an architect, a planner, and part of part of Jacobs. Cool. Hi, I'm Madeline Amodovar, and I've been with Jacobs, Jacobs for 15 years now. And I'm an environmental scientist. I'm originally from Puerto Rico, and I've always uh, been an environmentalist and helping any way I can. I'm also now a uh, sustainability advisory board member for Orange County, as well as a Parks and Recreation advisory board member. Um, Part of what I do is I've been working on compliance and permitting for large facilities all over the U.S. as well as global companies. And what that has allowed me to learn is to look at outside your fence. What are you uh, creating for your surrounding community? Uh, um, are you able to control yourself, control your emissions in my case, but also um all your different environmental media. You have to look into what you're putting in the water, what you're putting in the soil, um, how you're treating your surrounding community. So uh, there is an overall impact to sustainability that sometimes we're not thinking about or not aware. So to me, it's really interesting that that we help each other understand. Yeah, I mean, those those are fantastic points. I mean, you guys are an impressive team. And um, I think that for me in learning about what Jacobs is and how it's such a vast company, it's been uh, really encouraging to find so many leaders in in the positions that you all hold who care about sustainability so much. A lot of people think that sustainability is just tree hugging and solar panels, mm -hmm. right? But it's urban planning and why cities are like they are, right? It's uh, what are the buildings and the infrastructure there like? What kind of jobs wind up being created from these kinds of things? Um, it's a it's a really big impact. So I think what would help now is maybe we can talk a little bit about what is Jacobs and what do you all exactly do because it is pretty diverse. You know, as a, this is Dan again. As a company, we are you know, vast in terms of both numbers and areas of involvement. I think one of the most encouraging things that's happened here recently is a really clarity in what that focus ought to be. So Jacobs, we have everything from architects and planners to actual rocket scientists working as part of the company. And we do a number of things you know, between, uh, from providing multiple types of digital solutions and being very much involved in the water space, for instance, and how you know water gets to people and how water is used efficiently in big scale uh, engineering solutions, but also very personal ways and connected ways to use spaces. We've talked about being a more connected and more sustainable um, uh, company and to create more connected and sustainable places. Um, one of the things that defines Jacobs now is uh, our, our CEO, Steve Demetrio, came on board and said, hey, we're going to make this com a company like no other. So he said, we're going to focus on being a more inclusive company. You know, you can think you can see that from the people that, you know, are represented here today, you know, um, uh, uh, African-American and, and Latinx people from, you know, Jacobs representing the company um, head on. But we, so we're gonna, we said we're going to take on these big problems of the world. So we're going to take on water scarcity. We're going to take on um, um, big data. We're going to take on being more sustainable. Um, you know, those are are the focus, and we're doing all that in the context of an inclusive and diverse company. 
Um, one of the things I wanted to share with you about Jacobs is this permeates everything we do. So in terms of discussions we have with, uh, with our clients, uh, one of our big focuses and big initiatives throughout the company is our global sustainability initiative, which is called Plan Beyond. The Plan Beyond really works across three areas to take into account um, people, places, and partnerships. Um, and that goes into both um, client strategies and how we look at things globally. And all of those represent really shared values across us and our clients. And we're trying to build that audience in the work that we do. And I'll give you a for instance. So the whole plan beyond strategy, remember we're a global company, it is the framework which that's set up in is the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So we as a company have said, okay, we're globally going to be about this and it's going to be trackable and measurable and there are specific things which allow us to now have very valuable discussions on sustainability with our clients. So when we're talking about, you know, we're doing a building project for instance, to be able to go in and say, okay, we've committed to things like the Architecture 2030 Challenge, we're looking at the UN Sustainable Development Goals. It gives us very specific targets to, to relate to on those individual projects. Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. And thanks for bringing up the SDGs. You know, I was, when you were saying all of that, and particularly about your CEO and their vision, you know, vision and, and, and real vision to drive forward a company is pretty rare these days. And especially to have one that's tied around the SDGs uh, is a really big deal. There was a report that was released in 2017 that looked at companies and academia and governments uh, globally and why do they want to incorporate the SDGs into their goals. And the number one reason was because it gave them a clear path to align with a big global why that they could rally around. So that's great to hear that you all are part of that um, because it's what we need right now in the 21st century. Well, being part of this global why, um, you know, again, provides us with this framework, but it also translates here locally. Amber's been involved in some pretty cool things locally in terms of, um, of getting our staff involved in some things. Yeah, we, in 2018, we had started a a green group, just a grassroots effort really within our own Orlando office and just looked at some of the things that we could do to just green up our own space. How can our office operate more sustainably? And we've done some really cool things such as providing a space for employees to be able to garden. We are now part of, we have a, we have a space within Festival Parks Community Garden that is open to all employees to use. We are volunteering with the city, helping to clean up parks to make sure that those spaces are available for not only our employees, but the community as well. And with our Plan Beyond goals uh, that Dan had spoke about, we want every office in the company to have sustainability plan for how their own office operates. And that's what we've been working on really diligently the last year or so. And we have a plan for actually not just our Orlando office, but all the um, 13 offices within Florida and Puerto Rico to you know, eliminate single-use plastics, to uh, purchase certain items more uh, socially responsible, thinking about all of those different things. And so we're moving forward with that as well. It's not, it, it goes beyond just uh, the projects that we're working on. It, it's what are we doing to walk the walk as well. 
Yeah, I mean, that's huge. I mean, and it's really wonderful to hear when these things are employee-led. Um, not every company has the order for these things come from the top. A lot of innovation, especially in big global companies, comes from the employees mm -hmm. and the employees speaking up and saying, hey, this is something that I value and that's important to me and, and kind of leading the way in that. And I think that, that I think that that's part of the 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 theme of every single person can make a difference in the sustainability uh, you know, battle that we're in right now. Um, and I know that that's a saying that's tossed around a lot, but even from the viewpoint of an employee, you could be working at a job that's entirely unsustainable and just from your own passion and trying to make a change can have a really big impact. Uh, so for me, that is a great point because uh, I was one of the founding members for Enlace Network, which is our Latino Hispanic network. Mm -hmm. I was living in Montgomery, Alabama. As a Latino person, I was basically the one out of 100 people. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's, it's very important to feel related to, to your customs, to just something that feels familiar. And, and I mean, we all respect each other. Uh, but there was a, a call from our leadership to create a global Latino network. And I just raised my hand. There was no, you know, I'm going to think about it or anything like that. You I do. just raised my hand. And uh, today we have more than a thousand members all over the world. Oh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Well, and I have to add in there. So the Black Employees Network globally is called Harambe. I'm pleased to be a part of that. But I also have joined and made sure I'm supportive mm -hmm. of, of the, the Women's Jacobs Women's Network. Network. You know, and that that's, you know, also critical for leaders to step up in the company and say, we're going to be. Uh, a part of this, and it's important to us. So, so our leadership did something I think that's very critical to this. They didn't just say, "Okay, go create these employee networks," which is good. They said that we, as you know, C-suite level people, are going to be part of being champions for each of these employees groups. So, we have a veterans group. We have uh, I mentioned the women's network. We mentioned Harambe. And LASE. LGBTQ yeah. or PRISM. PRISM, right. We so, have space yeah. for differently able people. Uh, we have a, an international network as well. Um, so, so we're, yeah. And here's what this does. So when we can talk about all these issues of sustainability and everything, but you have to make it personal. Mm -hmm. So the employees networks help to make it personal to say, hey, we're going to be part of your success. And I, and I, and I dare say, Jacobs is a company is a very different company than it was, say, 10 years ago, where these things might not have been talked about or might not have been brought to the forefront. You have to be intentional in your commitments. Um, that goes certainly for saying you're going to be sustainable. And I'll tell you, as an architect, you know, I'm very proud of and I've, I've held some some leadership roles, um, both statewide and nationally with um, the American Institute of Architects. And we have come out and said as a profession um, we are actually required by our code of ethics to consider environmental impacts of every single project that we do. Hmm. So that is now a core part of being, uh, you know, an architect. You can't be an architect if you don't take those things into account. Um, also, as a broad organization, one of the things that we've said is we're going to make this this thing we call um, the big move towards environmental stewardship. Um, so we are stating, you know, with, without you know other people having to tell us, that the imperative for carbon reduction is there, and it is urgent that we have to do something in this generation. 
that we need to transform our day-to-day practice um, to get to zero carbon. Um, we need to build equitable environments and resilient environments, uh, and, and that we need to leverage the platform we have um, as professionals, as professionals that are looked on as leaders to do this. So, it, you know, it's a pretty exciting time to to practice and to, to be part of a uh, both a company and a profession that have said, hey, we care about these things. They're critical and they're at the very core of what we do. Yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic evolution that I think a lot of companies have gone through. And luckily now we're seeing it more in the civic sectors of uh, public, uh, like governments and things like that, but this slow evolution towards sustainability and really valuing those kinds of things. Um, you know, just thinking about employee equity, right, and feeling like they're part of something that's bigger than themselves. I think ultimately that's something that we all want to feel. Um, and and this seems like a wonderful way to encourage that within the within the employee workforce. Amber, I'd love to hear a little bit about just the reaction of some of your peers and colleagues to some of these sustainability things, whether it's recycling in the workplace or buying new whatevers that are more sustainable. Has everyone reacted positively to that or has there been some pushback? I think change is uh, always scary for for everybody. And some people are more sensitive than others. Some may have um, been naysayers to think, oh, this isn't going to work. But at the end of the day, as we keep pushing forward and as we kept pushing forward with our initiatives, it was definitely bought in more and more and more. And a lot of that support came from our leadership, you know, the encouragement that we had from leadership, including Dan um, and everyone within the office. So at the be- at the beginning, of course, um, you know, there were some questions as to what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Why is it important? And the biggest learning uh, that the biggest uh, lesson that we learned was probably just the education part of it. And, you know, just explaining why these things are important. Why does that make a difference? Why does, you know, what does it matter if, if we use a plastic fork rather than a piece of silverware? What's the difference in that? What's the, what is the environmental impact of washing something rather than just disposing it? And, you know, and then when it comes to a company and anything, you know, it, it's dollars as well. So showing those savings over the course of a long run was, was also really important. So to answer your question, um, you know, today I feel extremely supported by everybody, uh, not only here in our local office, but globally as a company, you know, we were, oh, started this green group in 2018. The plan beyond was announced, I believe at end of 2018 or beginning of 2019. So unbeknownst to us, we were working in parallel and we were on the same page oh, cool. as the entire company. So we had already had a head start in this. And I can, I can say that, you know, our Orlando office is is one of the elite the ones in <laughs> yes. um, but one of the elite ones we you know we're we're moving really quickly we already have we were already on the ground running to make these goals happen yeah. and being the poster child for the rest of the company and the rest of the, um, other offices not only in our region not only within the united states but around the around the globe as well that's amazing well, props to you i mean 
that's that's a big deal. And I, I, I love how Orlando, not to toot our own horn, but we always seem to have a way of trying to innovate in different spaces and um, and then share that uh, with, the, with the rest of the world, really, um, all the way back to, uh, you know, many different kinds of innovations that have happened here. Um, Madeline, I'd love to, to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, I love the fact that you're an environmental scientist. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm a biologist, so I know that for me, my science education informs so many things in my daily life and that I use every single day. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear a little bit about what it's like in your role as an environmental scientist and how that just informs everything you do. Definitely. And actually, my degree is in industrial biotechnology. Wow. So almost like genetic engineering. And so that has taught me to look at the very, very little details of everything I do, because, you know, sometimes changing a gene makes a difference, right? Sure. So sometimes a big one. <laughs> <laughs> As we all know, there is uh, so many things out there that are affected by little changes. Yeah. And same thing with the climate, same thing with our environment. You can change something very small as, you know, pulling a plant out of the ground. That would have a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. You know, some people killing the bees, you know, things like that. And we don't think we are doing anything by making that change or creating that um, disruption in the environment, but we do. And so I was also, I started working as an air quality scientist in California. And California has also been on the forefront of technology and, you know, solar power, wind power, everything. So I started hearing about these conversations back in 2007 and, you know, talking about energy storage and all kinds of issues and things that people, you know, they were having conferences about this and everybody was asking questions and we didn't have the answers, but the questions were there. We're talking about crisis planning. So I started having all those things in, in the front of my mind as I was working on my projects and bringing difficult questions because as scientists, we ask difficult questions, right? Part of the job. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I, I made it a, make a point to, you know, you know, be sensitive, obviously, when you're bringing things up that could maybe scare some people or, you know, maybe rub them the wrong way because they think they're wrong or, but that it's not about being wrong. It's about looking for what's missing. Mm -hmm. What's missing here is that if you put it in place, it will make a difference. So it's uh, having compassion as to, you know, people come from different backgrounds mm -hmm. and understanding um, what might be in, in their space that they don't know about this or, you know, they might, they might be uncomfortable talking about it. But we are the ones, I think, that, that could take that torch and move it forward and um, bring new things to the space that were not there before. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a, another wonderful thing about innovation in these mm -hmm. spaces. So I guess now I'd like to just give uh, you all an opportunity to talk a little bit about what does the 21st century look like for Jacobs? What are some projects you all are working on, if you can share, that are interesting or exciting? Um, what's coming up on the horizon even for 2020 that you're excited about? So one of the best parts about being with Jacobs is I don't ever get bored in the challenges <laughs> that we're taking on. And just in even the the past year, some of the things that we've uh, been engaged on, it really is this blending as a very technology part, technology forward company, 
um, the blending of that with our commitments to sustainability. And I will tell you, looking forward, everything changes, right? From quantum computing to big data. And you say, okay, well, this guy's a, he's a, he's a, he's an architect and an urban planner, right? So it's the cities and places, right? But the, on some level, I think I've been able to, you know, to engage, particularly because of the talent we bring forth from Jacobs, um, on some very technology, um, digital forward things. So I'll give you, for instance, um, everything from dealing with you know, resilience to sea level rise, um, uh, it, it's all been right there to even, you know, as I mentioned earlier, spatial exploration, right? It's all comes together in a company like ours. Um, we've been engaged recently um, as part of the team that's putting together the um, SunTracks Connected and Autonomous Vehicle Testing Facility. Um, cool. So there you have the um, uh, Florida Turnpike Enterprise being engaged to create a one-of-a-kind testing facility um, right here in Central Florida that's going to be a big economic driver, but also pushing forward um, our place in terms of technology. And I could go on and on yeah, and, uh, about that. And Dan, know. let me just pause you real quick here. A lot of people don't realize that autonomous vehicles are part of a sustainability solution. So as a planner, could you maybe talk a little bit about why that has an effect on sustainability? Well, you know, overall, um, in, in terms of being more sustainable, you look at a, a number of different technologies. One, the reduction in, in energy use altogether. So more efficient vehicles and using those vehicles more efficiently. What, it, what hopefully it does, though, is reduce, uh, or, 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 uh, reduce the number of vehicles that we have on the road and, and allow us to use those roadway networks much more efficiently. So, so give you a for instance. So if you have a connected and autonomous vehicle, um, platooning of, of freight vehicles, um, uh, cars that are riding more closely together, flat out, what that keeps you from doing is building more roads to accommodate the same amount of traffic. So that's a very, um, uh, um, that's a much more sustainable solution than paving more roads because you've got the human element involved and, and we've got to um, drive further apart from each other. And it's, it's, more, it's a more safe solution as well. Yeah, I've always heard it, it likened to the fact that it's a shame that we invented cars before computers, <laughs> uh, because if it had been the other way around, our cities would be very, very different. The, absolutely. And so cities are going, I, I, I've said this before, that the introduction of uh, connected autonomous vehicles is going to change cities as much as the introduction of the automobile change cities. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking the ability to make more efficient use of real estate now, that doesn't come without some inherent problems, you know, of of uh, of of how these vehicles are stored and where they are and how they pick people up. But uh, it's it's a much more it's it's an exciting place to be in that if you don't have to worry about storage of a personal vehicle, one person in a vehicle, and you get further away from that, and we get more towards these more efficient solutions, that is better for all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, cities are going to have to find new ways to transport food or grow their own food. Um, I mean, that's a very exciting innovation that we're trying to to innovate with with urban agriculture. Okay, but it so is I'll, just I'll, I'll throw out two couple of other examples of projects that we're working on. Working yeah. on a a mixed use uh, high rise project um, in downtown Orlando that actually uh, includes urban vertical farming. So it's a it's a complete. Um, it, this will include um, over 900 uh, residential units in it. But as part of that solution, 
the developer is looking at a complete uh, farm to table solution uh, in terms of how that's done efficiently. So we've got the vertical, we got an offsite farm, but we also have uh, things being cultivated there on site. And it's a very technology forward, again, building where we're trying to create the most healthy, most efficient environment possible. Uh, we are engaged also uh, in terms of looking at smart cities, and we're doing that uh, all across the, the, the globe. Um, we're working on a, a project here locally that's called Future Ready Orlando. Um, we, you know, fortunately, we're in this venue in the city of Orlando where we have leaders like uh, Mayor Dyer and like Chris Castro that have really said, hey, let's push this thing as far as it'll go. And we've gotten on board and said, okay, let's let's – figure out how to do that the best way and, and let's bring the talent to bear across all these 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 sectors in order to make that happen in the best way we can. And let's do it right here. Yeah, I mean, and I know I've got big, big hopes for the county as well now. Uh, Jeff Benavidas, who is a uh, board member of Ideas for Us, just announced as the new uh, Chief Sustainability and Resilience Officer for Orange County. So exciting stuff really even early on in mayor dyer's uh or, um mayor deming's election um really wanting to take some of those best practices from orlando well, and scale them to the county and it expands you know this this we've been focused a lot on technology and sustainability so it even expands i've been able to work recently with mayor deming's as well on this um housing for all task force so in terms of attacking um uh the issue of the housing scarcity and making housing more attainable um, uh, uh, across the spectrum uh, is actually I, it's something that I'm even this week going to get to help present to the county commission. So that's about being you know, economically sustainable uh, as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, fantastic. Um, thank you all. I think that um, that is a wonderful perspective on how sustainability is really being looked at uh, inside of Jacobs. And I'd like to just give you all an opportunity to add anything else uh, that you'd like to, as far as closing statements go, sustainability related or otherwise. Yeah, so going back to uh, the plan beyond, we've talked a lot about our projects, what we're doing in the offices, our networks, um, but I want to talk about the, the people portion of that a little bit more. So we have, I believe, uh, we talked about the different network employee networks that anybody can join. Um, but another really cool aspect of our plan beyond is actually talk, focusing on mental health. And mental health awareness and Jeez. getting effort. Yeah, it's a it's a really big part of sustainability that I think sometimes is is overlooked. So one of the goals that we have or one of the programs that Jacobs has is actually called our mental health champions. So anybody um, can go through a training and it's a pretty rigorous like full day training where we teach individuals on how to be an active listener and not just, you know, whether uh, another employee needs someone to vent to, someone to talk to, whatever that may be, but also learning some of the warning signs where someone may be going through a more difficult time, um, where you might find those warning signs where someone might hurt themselves or hurt some hurt others, and finding a way to uh, not only listen to them, but also get them the help that they need and find the people that uh, who can give them th that help as well. So that's a really big portion and something that I'm really proud mm -hmm. of Jacobs to have. And I've gone through that training uh, myself and um, I'm really happy that I've gone through it. It, it 
it shows and says that it's okay to not be okay, be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's work through that together. Mm-hmm. You know, we want we are trying to make mental health um, not something that's taboo. We want that to be an open conversation, and we want you to be able to get the help that you need so you can bring your whole self to work and your whole healthy self home as well. Mm-hmm. That's so important and so wonderful to hear that an employer cares about those kinds of things mm-hmm. um, because very often people cite their employer as a main reason for them being so stressed out in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that's great to hear. And that it's also in the same vein with sustainability because I think mental health definitely belongs there too. Yeah. More than ever, what is really exciting for um, me in terms of being a professional working in in terms of creating buildings in places in cities is this idea of creating healthier environments right how can we set up environments where people are going to thrive and and the resources that we're able to bring to bear jacobs in terms of specialist you know, across that spectrum of areas for our clients is 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 one of the things that that makes it uh, 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 really really helps me do my job so much better, right? Because I have a you know when I call people to the table, um, I have some of the best most experienced experts, and that all makes our clients' projects better, and it hopefully makes um, them not only thrive in terms of um, uh, you know economically, but it helps everyone to be healthier, right? Helps people to be healthier and, and uh, across the spectrum. And that is at its very core, you know, that's the genesis of sustainability, right? Personal health and well-being. Let's start there. Let's do it for us. Let's do it for future generations as well. Yeah. I mean, especially in the architectural realm, you know, the, the sky's really the limit, pun intended, you know, <laughs> with with the fact even a f- former prize. Uh, was being offered for people who could genetically engineer fungus to grow to code, right? Mm -hmm. And what if we could have um, just like some volatile organic chemicals will leach out of something? What if you could have vitamins that were beneficial to people in the office space that were leaching out of surfaces? So there's some big thinking out there of what could potentially happen and it's exciting stuff. It really, it really is for us. I mean, even, even in terms of looking again, very creative set of design professionals working across the spectrum taking on very uh we're able to take on very difficult building projects but also to be able and be at the forefront of using technology uh to make the practice better and we're having conversations about you know machine learning and ai and how that makes these buildings and places better so that's exciting definitely no and part of all these excitement is that our employees is employees are involved in stream education. So science, technology, reading, engineering, um, art, math. That's so cool. Yeah. And we engage with local schools. We have, uh, we're part of Elevation Scholars and we're helping high school students that are Mm. underprivileged uh, get an education that they can be proud of and, and that they can get into these really cool projects early on and have a path forward. So, uh, I'm very proud of our our employees and, and we're all involved in this as well. Uh, so for me, it's also facilitating that cultural competency with everybody. And uh, I think 
a lot of our jobs were very technically savvy, obviously, but when it comes down to our clients and to presenting something to the community, it has to be very clear and very transparent. So making something that's very complex, easy to understand, easy to carry on and, and get enrolled in. So. Wow, important stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you all so much. I really appreciate you uh, being here on our Ideas Podcast. Um, just amazing the work that's going on in Orlando, and Jacobs is really lucky to have you guys on the team. So we appreciate it and look forward to working together in 2020. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the official Ideas for Us podcast. Learn more about our environmental action projects by visiting ideasforus.org and stay in the loop by subscribing to our monthly newsletter. Support this podcast and our environmental action projects by donating or becoming an individual or CSR member today at ideasforus.org memberships. This episode has been made possible by all our valued members. Together, we are advancing environmental action worldwide. Please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones and leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed it. In the meantime, stay tuned to hear what amazing guests we'll be featuring in future episodes. We'll see you next time on the official Ideas For Us podcast.